0: Our sermon this afternoon is for Mr. David Hope. It is entitled "Impatience and Intolerance." Good, beautiful afternoon, everybody! Boy, we're jumping right into springtime again. Yeah, you. you know I really like the uh, Bible studies. We used to do something similar this years ago. It, uh, probably a little easier now I guess because back years ago when we did that we'd have two guys working together on a subject and we'd meet at one of our houses or something or other maybe at the church building and go in and you take two people working together on the same subject and uh, kind of like Reg and I that's like oil and water this is Reggie's example but it, it worked out you know it worked out and I liked that and uh we found out today that uh, in our Bible study, and and uh, if someone is watching this, you know, on uh, internet later, you know, and didn't get to see this on TV or, or I mean, on the computer, uh, we did have a Bible study earlier today, and it was talking about patience and uh, long-suffering. So we learned today in her Bible study that patience and long-suffering we found out that they're very similar in their meaning, and uh, which you might even say are synonyms. And a synonym is, are words which have the same significance. You know, they, they basically have a lot of similarity. That's a synonym. We have other words called homonyms, and I won't speak on that very much, but a homonym is a word which agrees with another word, in sound and perhaps in spelling, but differ in significance, you know, they they sound the same thing, sound like the same way in many cases, or um, spelled alike, but they're way different in meaning. And there are words called anonyms, a word directly contrary to significance of another, the opposite. and. Uh, that's basically the my title today. A person will say, "Well, you know, why why are you talking about impatience and intolerance? You know, when our Bible study was about uh, patience and long suffering." Well, it's an anonym It's a total opposite. But I I'm not doing this in disrespect for the subject because you'll see in a little bit that uh, that it is the same thing, even though it's different words. But uh, and I'm going to since I've mentioned the word homonyms, I'm just going to mention that just briefly. I don't want to take too much time, but uh, just for your education, a uh one really good word, and I like to use that when I give an example, you know, Strong's words, in the Bible, and all that, and uh, the word world, W-O-R-L-D, and uh, you'll find the hominem that, that really is easy to look up in Matthew chapter 24, and Matthew 24 and uh, verse... 3, I think, let me see, uh, should have had that marked in my Bible here, but my marker slid down, Matthew 24 and verse 3 is the first place, and I'm just going to read a little bit, I've got to cover uh and it said, and as he said upon the mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, what when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming, and the end of the world? W O R L D. And that particular word, world, in Strong's, uh, as if you're keeping up with the numbers, is uh, six or one sixty-five, which is aeon, time, uh, age. And down in Matthew 24, verse 14, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So it's a different word, and I'm like Steve, I don't do Greek real well. And that particular word is, I'm just guessing at it, ochemia or something or other, it's number 3625, in which this is basically the land, the earth. Uh, you know, the terrain. So it's different than the age. It's different than the other. And in the, in the third place in Matthew 24, and like I said, uh, I'm just doing this just, just as an aside. Uh, Matthew 24 and verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, nor to this time, or, or to this time, nor until ever shall be. And the world here is spelled in English, you know, W O R L D, and that word is cosmos. Uh, number in the string Strongs is 2889, and that you can say that well. That's society. It's an orderly arrangement. You know, it's the people and all that. So we have three different words. These are homonyms, and that's not my subject, but I wanted to bring it out anyway. Um, so. Back down. And like I said a while ago, some of you be asking me, well, why are you speaking on, a, on an opposite subject, you know, the the anonym? Well, sometimes when, uh, when we're talking about sometimes in order to solve a problem, sometimes you have to know what the cause is. You know, what's the cause if you have a problem? Uh... I'm going You know, the spi- physical and spiritual. There are a lot of a lot of connections, a lot of similarities. But I'm going to give just a little bit of a physical example that uh, you know I'm very physical minded. You know, I'm, I work with my hands and and I'm not real literary. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was on a job site where and, and I'm in a carpet cleaning business and. Uh, and I just got started on the deal, and it usually takes me about 15 to 20 minutes to get rigged up before I can actually make money. I don't make money until, you know, that dirt and stuff's coming out of people's carpet. That's when I make money. I don't make money when I'm getting my equipment out and ready and, and putting it up and all that. And when I'm almost rigged up, I'll go and start the engine up, and And my machine is what they call a truck-mounted machine. It's bolted into the to the van, and it runs off of a gasoline engine, which gets the gasoline from my van. And uh, I was right in the middle of this particular job, not in the middle of it, but uh, about five minutes away from being ready, and and I usually tried to start it up and get the engine warmed up, you know, and the oil circulating, the water, because it heats its water, you know, by itself. It has a heat exchanger. And it started up and ran about 30 seconds, and then quit. And there's so many things on these machines that that can cause the same similar problem. And if you don't know what it is, it can take a lot of time. Well, patience, the patience, but trials and tribulations over the years, I've had this one particular machine several years. It's not near as good as the old ones were, but anyway, uh, I, I, I had a pretty good idea of what it was. And, and sure enough, it was it was uh, a fuel pump. and. Uh, reason I got to it so quickly, I had some bad gas a few years ago, about two years ago, and and uh, I have replaced the fuel pump about four times, and every time it's been right in the middle of a job. So you think, well, what, what's that have to do with it? Well, the, the thing is, uh, the problem is the machine wasn't running, and I needed it to run. So what will I need to make it run? Well, solve it all that. Well, it's the same way with our spiritual problems. Uh, if If, if if our problem is lack of patience, maybe the solution could be understanding the opposite, the anonym. What, 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 why are we not patient? Well, we're impatient, so why? Sometimes the opposite can be an answer, sometimes there's several possible solutions. Uh, here's another physical. We ask you a question. You're, you're sitting in the house, it's wintertime, and uh, you're not warm, you're cold. My wife gets that way quite a bit. So what do you do? You know, uh, uh, you're not warm, but you need to be cold. Well, what's what? Why? What What do you do? Well, that's real simple. You think well, that's kind of ignorant. But uh, my wife, first thing she'll do is she'll uh, she'll put a blanket on her. You know, in the summertime, even the air conditioner on, she'll put a blanket on. But anyway, right, and that don't work. You know, you put on a a, a jacket or a sweater or something. Then says. And in my case, you say, David, did you leave the garage door open, you know, where the air's coming in? You know, here's a problem, you know. We want to get to the uh, solution because I'm not warm enough. So that's another another physical thing. Why are you or me or why are we impatient or intolerant? And, of course, with different situations, uh, you may be more tolerant than I am, more patient in some ways. And I may... Uh, may have already overcome some problems and have a different understanding and i may, that may not be a problem with me at all mean uh, you know uh, but why why are why are you intolerant or why are you impatient and Steve mentioned a number of things uh, while I go going to Bible study things that that we get impatient about uh, and i 'll just talk about since Steve mentioned cars traffic and all that that 's something that 's common with all of us. And one particular thing that's common for all of us at one time or another, and it used to be a really pet peeve of me, and I think I mentioned this one time here a few years ago in this particular audience, that uh, I really hate it when people tailgate. You know, they move in and out of the traffic, and then they get right up, and I think they're bullying me. They're trying to bully me around, you know. You're not going to do that to me. I will slow down. I'll teach you a lesson. I don't hit my brake because I, you know, somebody might... You know, accidentally bumped me, but I will slow down enough, or used to put it that way. I don't have that problem anymore, but I mentioned this, like I said a few years ago. My daughter Becky, when she was I think 12, 13 years old, and uh, she was riding with my wife and I, and and I verbalized, you know, my opinions, you know, my feelings about that, and uh, and I really slowed down. And here, the mouth of a child, she said, "Dad," and she was very respectful about it. You know, she wasn't. Uh, hateful or anything or trying to put me down, but uh, she rationalized that maybe this person, you know, had his baby sick at home and he had to get home or maybe, uh, you know, some situation, some dire situation uh, that, that his wife was uh, fixing to have the baby and he's got to get home. I've been that way. I bet Steve has too, you know, right at, uh, at the spur of the moment, you know, you, you you never know. You can't plan that down to the minute. And he's trying to get home. Well, just, just that made me realize, you know, if a person's tailgating, there's probably a reason for that. And my impatience shouldn't be impatience. It ought to be more tolerance long waiting lines, you know, I think Steve mentioned that, and and we all get long waiting lines, and I've, I've even been in the hospital, and I've complained, you know, at the emergency room, why, you know, I've got a foot here, it's almost broken, or it hurts, you know, and I've been here for three hours already, and people are continuing to come in, and some of them are sitting off the side, and some of them go right on back, until someone finally said, You know, they take care of the urgent ones first. You know, if someone's coming in with a heart attack, we're not going to put them over in a corner like we do you. We're going to let them have priority. Or if somebody's bleeding through the jugular vein, they're going to take care of them. So, you know, just understanding situations. Why are we impatient? Why am I uh, upset about having to wait? And I know, what, about five years ago, I had colon surgery, kind of like Ken's brother, although he didn't have the surgery deliberately. It was a, a, a colonostomy, I guess, and they moved up. But uh, I I got impatient. I was very impatient. Got there about 9 o'clock in the morning. Folks had an 11 o'clock procedure, and the robot went out, and, the, and then it was 5 or 6 o'clock. And I was threatening to leave, you know, to leave, and the doctor found out about that. And... Uh, Anyway, I'm not going to go too far into that. Uh, Another uh, situation, other than a tailgate or somebody getting in front of you and you're trying to go, you know, we have a law in Oklahoma now on the highway, especially do not impede the left lane, you know, move over. Well, my wife and I were driving, this was in town just this last week when we were really working on this thing, you know, Bible study, we're taking it serious, you know, because if I'm going to preach about it, I better practice it. And she mentioned to me too, David, are you still practicing? And this one guy, and it was on a two, uh, a two four lane street, and the a guy was in the traffic ahead of me, and I couldn't get around over here on the right hand, and the guy was going really slow, and I was beginning to get my dander up again, and, uh, you know, not realizing, not understanding, just, you know, just, just, I want my way. It's all about me. And uh, I, and then my wife even got into it. <laughs> she wasn't as bad as I was, but I said, you know, I think maybe this person is wanting to make a left turn up here and he and he doesn't really know the town really well. And he don't know where he's going. And, uh, you know, when he comes up to a, uh street, he slows down, then he keeps going. Well, sure enough, he was. Well, I've been that way. Haven't you been that way? I've been out that way, especially on the uh, highway. And if I know that that's happening, I'll I'll move over, you know, and at least pull off into a driveway or something, let the person by, because I know I don't want to, you know, impede them. So a lot of times just the lack of understanding, lack of realization of what's going on. And sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. But, but patience, I think a lot of times has a lot to do with understanding and, of course, like... Steve and I were talking earlier before services. You know, that's such a big subject. We could go on and on all day and speculate and and, and use scriptures and all that, and I appreciate some of the comments that you guys have already had out here. Anyway, but um, God knows our situation. Oh, let me, I'm back up. I'm getting way too far ahead. Um could the patience be a desire of instant gratification? So here's here's just a little, little change, you know. Could could impatience be a desire for instant gratification? Okay, and what bankruptcy? But just I mean, there's so many things, but just bankruptcy, a little simple thing. A lot of people end up with bankruptcy because they want the instant gratification. They want what they want now, the big home now, or the nice. Convertible car or the nice Go Wing motor Harley or something, you know. And I almost got in that shape a number of times, but you know, fortunately, my wife was more patient. But you know, sometimes we can want something so badly and lust and covet and desire that we will uh, use our impatience and go ahead and do it. Uh, there's so many, so many areas that uh, can cause our impatience. Uh, there's example in the Bible that uh, I like to look at sometimes is a desire to receive an unpaid debt. You know, patience, uh, instant gratification. Uh, If you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians uh, 6 chapter. 1 Corinthians 6 chapter verse 1. And here Paul is scolding the Corinthian church for uh, something, uh, some of their impatience. I didn't mention impatience or patience either one. But First Corinthians six one. And I've got to watch the clock instead of my stopwatch because Steve reminded me last week. You know that, uh, you know this change of deals here. We we don't have as much time as we used to have. So uh, anyway, but uh, we're, we're trying to keep things down so you, everyone can snack and go home. Uh, Anyway, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1, and I'm going to read to about 11. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? You know, all of you are going to judge the world someday. The Bible says that. We're going to be co-rulers with Jesus Christ. And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more the things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, Set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. And here's where a lot of disagreement comes in at times. But uh, uh, the way I look at this, it, uh, and I've had disagreements, and other people have disagreed with me on it. Some people have agreed. But uh, this is, in my opinion, a hyperbole. And the hyperbole is not a synonym. It's not a an anonyme. It's not a homonym. Um, a hyperbole is a remark, a drastic mark, to, I mean a, 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 an exaggeration, put it that way, it's an exaggeration to make a point. Jesus made a number of, of hyperboles himself. Are you, did he really mean for a person to cut off their hand if, they, if their hand offends them? If their eye offends them, do they pluck that out? Well, that's a hyperbole. It's an exaggeration to make a point. It's so serious, you'd almost want to cut your arm off, your eye out, to to be able to make it in the kingdom of God. So a hyperbole is an exaggeration. It's kind of like an analogy, but it's an exaggeration to make a point. And it's kind of like I've, I've heard football players, football coaches say, you guys did so lousy the first half, and I've been on a team that did that in New Mexico, and the coach said, our ch- cheerleaders could have beat that team, and here we're behind, you know, the cheerleaders can beat them, the seventh graders could beat them, and we're the varsity team. Barney, you probably, have, I don't know if your coach ever got you like that, but that's a hyperbole, you know, it, it, it's an exaggeration to make a point, point. and, and, Anyway, and, and Paul is telling them, you know, uh, even the least esteemed in the church, what you might consider least esteemed, should be able to do this. But out of your uh, impatience, you don't. I speak to your shame. It is, Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goes to law, but with brother... And that, before the unbeliever, this is really an abominable thing to Paul. You know you go to the judge down here, you go to the small claim, you go to something else because your brother has and you are not having a a, 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 a meeting of the eye, you know the church members you know should be able to do that, even the least of these a the hyperbole, even the least of these people like David you know, hope could, should be able to make a decision like that, and anyway, verse 7, now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you, because you go to law with one another, why do you not rather take wrong, why do we not, as Christians, be rather to take wrong, and then he didn't say how much it is, he didn't say if it's a $10, $100, $10, $100, or a bushel of wheat, or, or, or maybe a Cadillac or whatever. He didn't say. Why do, you, why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be cheated, be defrauded? You know, we should at times even be willing, according to Paul, be willing to be def- uh, defrauded. Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither, and he puts this in sometimes (laughs) with some of the other sin, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor idolaters, nor effinient, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our Lord, or by the Spirit of our God. So even, even some of the people in the church, and even maybe some of us at one time, had some of these sins. And, but we're forgiven of that now. But anyway, but we, for the gratification to have it our way, uh, can sometimes be in a mode of impatience, or can it be? You know, God knows our situation as one of the people mentioned out here I don't remember I'm sorry who can't give you credit but uh, God knows our situation and will reward our efforts I've got scripture of Revelation 2 verse 1 and to the angel of the church of the officious write these things saith he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, I know your works and your labor and your patience, and how you have how you cannot bear them which are evil. So I guess you do have a little patience impatience. Um, anyway, and have tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars, and have born and have patience and for the, my name's sake have labored and have not fainted so God knows Jesus knows our situation he knows that, our, that when we do have patience and he knows when we've been wronged he knows that we put up with it and he also knows when we're not but I would rather dwell on the positive that he knows when, when we're uh, when we've been taken advantage of Psalms 37, verse 7 to 11. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in the way because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait, you know, with patience, those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And did Jesus say something about that in the New Testament? The meek shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, <coughs> excuse me, a little while, <laughs> time to get, get a little lubrication to the lung, not lungs, but the vocal cords. He said something about being effeminate over there a while ago and that other deal, and I don't want to come on, you know, with sounding effeminate. Some of those people, you know, or those men that try to act like women, are are more more effeminate than my own daughters are. You know, it just it just really gripes me when I I'm impatient. I I don't know if I want to work on that one right now or not. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> oh yeah talk like Reggie now Reggie had a good deep voice there a while ago Uh, for yet a little while and the wicked shall not be Uh, verse, verse 10 I guess that's where I should be for yet a little while and the wicked shall not be yea you shall diligently consider his place you know really think about ponder look at all the ins and outs consider his place and it shall not be but the meek again wow again but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace another verse I'm going to end up a little bit early I cut out too much but anyway you, you will be happy, unhappy James 5 and verse 7 through 11 be patient therefore brethren and this was read earlier today, and it never hurts to be redundant, does it? Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience. You know, here's these two words right there in the same same verse, and you know, and I, don't, I don't remember now if I took the time to look to see which one of these words uh, that Steve was referring to, the the, the funny sounding one or well they're both funny sounding but uh, anyway but uh, anyway but they're they are patient and long suffering uh, where do I go i I'll, I'll just start over on verse eight be you also patient establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws near oh I've, I've, I'm gonna Forgive me, I'm going to go back to verse 7 to get this continuity in here. Uh, be, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receives the early and latter rain. Be you also patient. Establish your hearts. Be, you know, sometimes we have to deliberately establish our heart just like uh, examples been given many a time with uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Uh, they determined in their mind way ahead of time I am not going to eat this food that you know you prepared for uh, you know the other people want us to eat we decided ahead of time we're not going to bow down to this idol you know this golden idol this huge great, big huge golden idol And we know the story that uh, they were cast into this furnace fire, you know, that was seven times hotter. They determined ahead of time, they established in their mind that I am not going to do this. Be you also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws near. And whether it's five years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, you're not going to live that long. I know you. I don't think any of you right now are going to live to be over a hundred. I mean, a hundred years from now, you may be a hundred years old at your age when you die. But I don't think any of you're going to be, uh, Larry. I don't think you're going to be a hundred seventy or eighty years old. I don't. I don't think so. But anyway, but uh, if if Christ doesn't come soon. It, he's already come for us anyway. There's, like the script says, there's no, no work to be done in the grave. It's all over with us. So uh, Anyway, so the coming of the Lord draws near, and, and every day we live, it's that much closer. So, so uh, be patient. Grudge not, verse 9, grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge stands at the door. Hmm. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and patience. And remember, uh, where is it, Hebrews 11, that talks about all of the, the the people back in the Old Testament that, that suffered, that were sawn asunder, that, you know, on and on and on. That'd be a good, good uh Uh, Chapter to read again to uh, look and see all the people that went through horrible, horrible things and just about uh, Paul when he was beaten 39 stripes, what, four different times? Three or four different times? He was shipwrecked three or four times. Uh, uh, You know, uh, God knows the people that suffered. He knows your suffering. He knows when I suffer. He knows when George uh, Van and suffering, and the other people—you know—the problems they have. God, God's aware of these problems. Anyway, take for, for example the suffering affliction of of patience. You know, we we need it is imperative that we work on patience and 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 get rid of the uh, impatient attitude that we have. Verse 11: We count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job with us earlier and have seen the end or the end result of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So, in conclusion, God loves each and every one of us. He loves you and He loves me very much god loves us very much and he has given us as the scripture says time to repent so you know uh, i i would like for uh things to wound up you know several years ago is when some of us older people in the church started the church you know lucille i guess maybe the 50s and some of us in the 60s 70s and on up you know and the world was supposed to come to an end our kids weren't going to have to go to college and all that and, I would have loved for that to have happened then, but it didn't. So, but God has given us, and maybe maybe we'll have a better reward because we've developed a little more patience. I don't think God was really, really all that happy with uh, the way I was many years ago, and I think uh, uh, he, I'm, I think we're appreciative He's given us more time to repent and overcome. Overcome our impatience, and and He will help if we're willing. If we want, if if we're willing to do it, and as one of the uh, I think Larry mentioned a while ago. You know that, that God will help us. He'll give us the Holy Spirit. He'll give us the help. The help is available. And remember uh, a real short uh, verse here in Luke twenty-one nineteen. Luke twenty-one nineteen. In your patience possess you your souls. So it is very important that we develop our patience.